you're listening to Vince Tracy and Matt King. You're on Red Alert. Well, a very good day, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Vince. And it is Europe calling, and we have a very special topic today. Our date is the 22nd of November. It is certainly um, colder at night, but then again, it needs to be. And it is getting near, of course, uh, that time when we think about Christmas and we start getting Christmassy which I don't know whether or not that adjective actually is in the dictionary, but it's one that my mother used to always use. Let's go about um, three quarters of an hour to the west. Sensible driving with lovely clear definition on our mountain keeping us company and say good morning to Matt. Good morning, Matt. How are you today? Good morning, Vince. Well, I am super fine today. It's a it's a beautiful morning here, and I can only agree with you that the temperature has slightly changed. But, but, really, the, by the time uh, it gets to about noon, it's 25 degrees here, so uh, we can't complain. But uh, I'm no doubt that some people will complain about the morning, but you've got to take the rough with the smooth, haven't you? Yeah, and I think some people just love complaining and uh, therefore the weather is number one target. Um, let me just say, by the way, uh, that uh, today's topic, I think, should clarify lots of different things. Um, because I feel that respect is what has begun uh, to go out of um, focus. And I think some people appear to be getting it possibly back into focus so without any further ado let me just give a definition okay so right our definition um let's see we go to this one and admiration is something caused by somebody's abilities or qualities or achievements and certainly, it's a regard for the feelings of others. Now, that's where I felt my preamble sort of lay, really, uh, because I do feel that people um, are very mixed up about respect at the moment. I mean, you hear people very often who obviously are very uneducated talking about dish dishing people or dissing people, um, which, of course, is the slang way of saying disrespecting people. But I think by the time we've chatted this through, I think the concept will certainly go uh, a lot deeper than just the words, because it's all very well saying you're dissing somebody. But uh, then again, is it that maybe it's you yourself um, that maybe needs to think a bit deeper? So, first of all, do you agree with the um, the definition, admiration caused by abilities, qualities or achievements of somebody or something and a regard for the feelings of others. Over to you for your acknowledgement or maybe other uh, angles. I, I, I was brought up much like you in a world of total respect within my family unit. And I think that's where the problems start. And obviously, by my definition of it and saying problems, I'm not so sure that respect is uh, to be found in many places these days. Uh, certainly, respect within the family seems to be being eaten away by the devil or whoever you may decide to, to be. But it is it's something that I don't think teachers have anymore or the pupils have respect for teachers anymore. I'm not so sure that uh, teachers sometimes in some situations have respect, but it is a word that we used to use uh, quite a lot, respect. You will respect this and you will respect that. And I can remember not just persons, that you'll respect the fact that the flowers take ages to grow and you will respect that and not knock them over or shoot their heads off them like I I'm afraid I used to do when I got my first air gun. Um, so it, it, I don't see that 
happening at all, at all now, not within the circles that I, not that I move in, because I don't move in many circles, uh, but um, I don't see it on the street. I don't see it in the buses. I don't see respect like it used to be. And uh, it made me think when you said we were going to do this topic today, because I reckon that's sort of one of the roots of all evils, really. When you lose respect for things and for people, um, you become a completely different person. Absolutely. And uh, when you were talking about uh, maybe the teachers losing respect, uh, it's by doing many of these podcasts that I start really examining my own conscience as well as talking and discussing the concepts and the, the topics that we talk about. And certainly, I think one thing that uh, comes over crystal clear is there's an absolute disrespect for the sanctity of life and the origins of life. And yesterday when I was talking with Neil and we were looking at the fact um, that teachers are not standing up and saying, I am not going to uh, teach a certain aspect to uh, a child of seven. I'm thinking in particularly of the fact that in the British National Curriculum, and I had to go and check this, by the way, because I was astonished when I first heard about it um, and read about it, um, and it was written that teachers are supposed to be teaching under sevens the likes of masturbation, anal sex, and oral sex. Now, I found that absolutely astonishing. What I find even more astonishing is the fact that teachers, despite the fact that they have unions, are not prepared to say, we are not going to discuss this, because how can you go on a teaching course and have it explained to you that you have ages and stages, that you have concepts that you can maybe uh, present to people, but you have to present them totally differently. But I'll go to ages and stages, and I'll say that, yes, the Jesuits used to say at the age of seven, uh, give me the boy and I'll show you the man. So I think this is ultra important that if you're going to, t to teach these concepts, you've got to have it totally clear in your own mind about whether or not you agree or disagree with certain things that you're being asked to teach. Because if you're going to be an honest teacher, then for, certainly for me, from the Christian tradition, uh, we were taught about masturbation. Uh, we certainly were not really taught about anal sex because, quite frankly, it's pretty obvious um, until you do discuss it, you realise just how wrong it really is. And that includes for heterosexual behaviour as well as homosexual behaviour. And sadly, we're, we're losing our way completely when we discuss things like this. And it's almost as if some people feel they can't talk about it. The same with oral sex, because um, we are in areas of gratification. Whether we like it or not, these are the areas which, when I was growing up, we had a half-hour lesson every day of the week, which gave us our moral and religious guidance, reinforced by our parents, who I think we did respect, and certainly one way that we certainly learned to respect our parents was knowing that if we did something wrong, we would be punished. Now, you take away those things and look at where we are in society at the moment. Everybody feels that we can do anything we like and we don't think about, and I'll go to the definition that we're working from, we don't think about, part two, having a regard for the feelings of others. And then if you look at the abilities, qualities, or achievements, what is an ability to um, maybe stop yourself doing, which every red-blooded person at some time in their life probably feels like doing when they meet the right person? You know, to actually have to control yourself is very, very difficult. Conscience. Conscience. That's what, it's what you're, is it, is, is, pushed into you is is from a very early age at school morality uh, was pushed into us um 
And when I think of all the rules that we had at school, it wasn't just for the sake of rules. It wasn't just for the sake of the teachers being a pain in the backside and wanting you to do this way or wanting you to do that. They were setting out parameters for you to learn in a surreptitious way. So you didn't, it wasn't forced upon you. Well, it was forced upon you, but you didn't, I didn't realize what they were teaching me until many years after I left school and left university because it was um, emotive. You just learnt it. It just became standard to stop if someone's coming out of a door. Anybody, pupil, master, you stopped to let them out. It was polite. It was correct. Um, and it, it was it, that's, that's not quite morality, but it is it, it, it's respect down to the nth degree. And that was drummed into us, as I'm sure it was with you, with the with the school that you went to. Absolutely. Um, I can't really totally remember my primary school. Uh, it's a long time ago, as probably people realise. Uh, but I certainly have total recall for the um, the sex education that we were given and the morality education that we were given. I was um, educated by the Irish Christian Brothers and they had a foot-long leather strap which basically uh, accommodated their work. And I have to admit that if I hadn't have had those stops on the things I would have wanted to do, like muck about rather than learn, um, you know, I really think I was my own worst enemy. And certainly I do feel now when you look at the behaviour of people and see what's going on through the internet and TikTok and various platforms, when people go out and do the most outrageously wrong things, like, for example, uh, coming sneaking up behind somebody and then fully whacking them in the face and feeling that that is some way... Um, uh, okay i'm sorry it certainly is not okay it's total and utter lack of respect for fair play so i'm going to go through the very very beginning of life because a very uh, classy thing went through uh, on facebook a couple of weeks ago and it was giving the number of billions of people that have lived on this planet and it was saying that of that number so we'll say the number is x um, the number that were born via a woman was X. And when it came to the number that was born from somebody who was a man, the number quite clearly was zero. And so that got me thinking quite a lot. I didn't know that we would be doing this particular podcast, but this clarifies for me. Every single time a woman has given birth to somebody, they've risked their life. You know, a man has the enjoyment of the sex. Of course we do. Any man that uh, denies that, obviously, uh, just is not the same sort of person that I know. Um, but when it comes to having the sex, okay, it's a bit later that we pick up the tab. And I always remember the way that, um, you know, when my wife Anne tells me that she's pregnant or told me that she was pregnant... Um, you know, you remember back to that nine-month period of time, you know, the awkwardness, the having to waddle around, the having to maybe deal with morning sickness, the, uh, you know, the ability to get in and out of maybe a car or a bus or whatever it might be um, with great difficulty. And then when the child was young, you know, carrying the the play perm the 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 playthings for the child and putting them into well I mean in the early days you had to get on a bus you know or walk and and I think these days I think people have forgotten how to respect the sanctity of life and the um, the way that a woman is prepared to risk her life for the unborn child that she brings. Uh, to the operating table. Uh, that's how I feel. Uh, I'm really clear in my mind. I feel ever more clear for the respect for my own mother, ever more clear for the respect for my own wife and my sister and my friends and all the other people that I meet up. I'll be walking past little old ladies in the street thinking, yes, 
you know, when you were, were a lot younger, I bet you were a really attractive person and you you offered your own life to bring another person into the world. Great respect from me. That's where I, I'm going to start this conversation properly. Uh, okay, over to you. Yeah, I... I... Well, I don't I don't have children, um, not my own anyway. I have two stepchildren. Uh, they're not children now. They're young adults. But uh, I it was quite a shock to me to have. Well, when they when they came here, they were they were 12 and 18. So um, it was quite a shock for me and arguably a shock for them as well, because of all the the the, the horrible nastiness that goes on with a divorce, especially if you've got a narcissistic father. Um, and uh, it, it was, I think, one of God's trials for me, really. That's, that's the way I view it, uh, to, a, to a degree. And uh, it, it was absolutely hard because I, I couldn't really give discipline because it wasn't the thing to do, even though I wanted to... Uh, suggest things to them and it, it was only literally the other day so after 11 years that um my my uh, stepson came up to me and he said i'm so pleased you've been the way you've been with me he said i've i've learned that i've learned what my own father was like and i i i really respect you for what you you did and what you tried to do well i don't think i could have ever wanted uh, anything better than that really and i and i was a bit surprised but um you know it that all came from respect trying to teach him self-respect trying to teach him to be a good person and he's grown up a good person he's a he's he's a kind caring man and and my stepdaughter too is she's she's wonderful um she makes she makes me die laughter because she comes back from the airport and she's uh, she's telling me stories about all the things she works at the airport and all the things that go on there. And really, you, you can't believe it. But it goes towards our our view of respect because she's in a valley and the proverbial uh, mess runs downhill and she's up there shoveling all every day. That's what she does is she shovels and tries to resolve problems people being stupid and that we couldn't get a coffee on the on the plane we want our re a refund um for the whole thing i mean she has to deal with that and then she has to write it down as a complaint and of course it goes to wherever it goes but nothing ever happens with something like that <coughs> excuse me she's also there to um pick up the pieces when somebody has a problem a, a serious medical problem or <coughs> excuse me <coughs> something like that <clears throat> and um she has the utmost respect for people at stage one she starts off with this wonderful respect and it that's come from somewhere um of, in her early days not not necessarily m mine uh from me but she has she has a real modicum of respect, even for these people that are, quite frankly, you wouldn't give them the time of day. But when you start from the very beginning, you're talking about mothers, her mother and well, the both of them, their, their mother is, is a wonderful, caring person. So not only did she fight to bring her children up, but she had to fight against the narcissist as well, which makes it really difficult because if you've got this mismatch of people and, and without going into detail, her, her own upbringing was a bit, um, a bit of a trial for her as well. And she left, she left home at 14 and went to London to, to dance. She's a, she was a dancer mm -hmm. and she went, she left on her own. And I think that's because she had self-respect and she didn't get any respect at home well look my dad used to uh use his fists and uh you know one of my proudest achievements is that i didn't hit any of our three children um i felt uh, that i was in control of any punishments but i did punish 
you know, handout, and then they'd get a, a, something on the hand which was commensurate with what they'd done. Now, going back to my dad, it took me a while to realise that my dad had just come out of the army. There was none of this social sort of uh, services stuff that existed later. <clears throat> and so, you know, I totally and utterly respect what my dad, my dad did try to achieve, having come from the parenting where his father was exactly the same, used to use his fists, but my dad's mother had died when he was six. So my granddad probably had a really hard time as well. So um, I always remember when I visited my dad later in life, and my dad said, I don't know why you don't hate me. And I said, I don't hate you because I understand you. My dad was a good man, really, really good man. He brought our family up uh, in a really, really good way. And at the time, I was probably very difficult for him to handle uh, in the respect of somebody giving cheek when, you know, he'd had a hard day. Uh, my dad used to go out on his bike. He'd travel probably 40 or 50 miles during the day, coming back probably absolutely exhausted, which, of course, I never really uh, understood. So, yes. So my, my question to you is, when did you, when, at what age did you actually realise this? Oh, it was a lot later probably in my 30s that's what that's what i was saying to you you don't really you don't really look at it until you've become an adult and i don't mean you've gone 21 yeah i mean you've you've got life experience and you can look back at these things and go my goodness what a sacrifice yeah. that my my f mother and father gave for me absolutely you know, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Sorry to interrupt you there, but I just wanted to... No, you, you, sort of you're, you're, that you're absolutely right, because the, the thing was, my mum, when she was uh, 18, um, I don't know, uh, they'd met at a dance or something, and she'd come up north, come away from a family, changed into uh, becoming a, a convert into Catholicism, which must have been tremendously difficult for her. Um, you, you know, my mum, I've always had the greatest of respect for my mum. My dad, I uh, sort of learned how good my dad was, often by the fact that we would, you know, have an altercation and then later in life we'd discuss it. Um, but of course, it was also endorsed at school because I can remember when I was 11, I got a kick up the backside from one of my teachers. Uh, I went home to complain to my dad um, uh, it was about using the F word I'd heard it from somebody else at school uh, and my dad gave me a kick up the seat of the, my pants because I'd come home and um, and, and obviously told him that uh, the teacher was wrong you know and um, you know these are the things that have gone I mean people don't correct anybody anymore it would seem by the way I'm speaking very generally because there's some very very wonderful parents some very very wonderful teachers but in a general sense if you look at the social media platforms which we didn't have of course um, you do see all the time bad behavior you see people rioting you, you, which is a, a lack of respect for people's property um, you see people uh, going out on marches and disrespecting the fact that people have to go on to work uh, when realistically we don't know whether or not even what they're uh, rioting and manifesting about um, is really genuine because we don't know enough about it. Um, you know, the, the climate change thing, I think enough people know now that there's a lot of politics rather than total and utter science. And uh, sadly, um, the planet warms and the planet cools. We've had ice ages. So, you know, don't tell me that it's all uh, an utter correct one way or the other we we have to respect the planet of course we're back to that word i remember going to my judo classes and learning how we had to respect the color of a belt uh, but of course it wasn't the color of the belt it was the man who'd earned the respect and this is where really a lot of us i think either don't understand or go wrong you earn respect you can't demand you respect. Can't, no, yeah, that's you're absolutely right. You cannot demand respect. You cannot uh, implore it on people to give you respect. You have to be, firstly, I think you have to be respectful. If you're respectful in any situation, good, bad or indifferent, 
and you can manage to hold that respect together, quite often the whole situation will be dis dissipated and it will actually come right and round because you were respectful and didn't go out of your we're human vince we can't always do that of course you know sometimes a punch in the mouth is as good as anything else coming from a rugby stance um you know it, it's i can't ever say it's i've never done it but because i would be lying to myself uh, and lying lying to everybody but you know sometimes when you meet somebody that is completely freaked or with the sort of people we're talking about with any without any respect a, a quick little dig doesn't do any, them any harm, makes them feel un uncomfortable. Um, and I'm sure most of them won't do it again. So, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that that's the, the, the only way to do it, but be respectful to other people and you will in turn get respect yourself. That's what I've always tried to do. Well, you see, I, uh, I feel I've been blessed by the fact that I had a father who cared enough about the future, cared enough about his family uh, to instill discipline, which in turn eventually instilled the respect I had for my dad. I didn't see it at first, but, for example, when I left school and maybe I was going a bit uh, out on a limb uh, and then suddenly uh, somebody introduced me to judo and then I found that, you know, at first it was something that I was intrigued by. But then when I saw a man who basically looked like he couldn't knock a flea off a rice pudding, who could put me on the flat of my back, choke me, you know, break my arm, etc., etc., I learned the respect of trying to understand how to do that myself, and it's through sheer hard work and discipline. So um, I'm going to go back to mums for a minute because so much at the moment is to do with this uh, transgender stuff that's in the news and people trying to make the 0 0.3, 0.03 of a percent um, more important than the... Uh, whatever the figure is, around about 50%, uh, which would be the female population um, in, in if you look at the UK, just as an example. I think the problem really for me is I didn't really understand some of the things that are there for us all to patently understand. For example, you know, if you go to the Christian tradition, honour thy mother and thy father. That's respect. Love, yeah. love thy neighbour as thyself. That's respect. Um, then you, uh, you, you know, you've got to have respect for your neighbour's property. Uh, you don't envy his wife. Uh, you know, it, it, it's all there for us to understand if we only understand the word respect. And for me, my one of my uh, endearing times is Christmas. And, you know, whether or not people will laugh at me, I don't care now. I still love the story of the Virgin Mary, uh, the fact that she had this visit during the night and she was told that she was going to give birth to Jesus. Now, people laugh at that. People mock my religion at times. Oh, the Virgin birth. What on earth was the test tube baby all about. It took the best part of 2,000 years before the, all the clever people that bother to knock religion and bother to knock Christianity have caught up with the virgin birth. Now, that's, that's a fraction of what it's all about. The transubstantiation, the changing of the, um, you know, the, the bread and water into the body and blood of, blood of Christ. How on earth would we ever really understand that? So we have to go to our belief, but we have to respect it. We have to respect the fact that, you know, a, a, a man comes along and is prepared to do this for us. I went, I went last night um, and I was thinking about things like this. You know, uh, we've got a, a, a priest at the moment who's from uh, from Africa. Uh, his Spanish isn't very good, but he's bothered to learn the language. He's, he's delivering the mass in Spanish. He's a French speaker. 
And, you know, I, I, because I'm a, I'm a foreigner as well, I can understand the mistakes, you know, uh, or I can't understand some of the things he's saying. But I have the utmost respect for the fact that he's there. I respect the fact that other people turn up, make the church look nice. Um, I respect the fact that I look at the buildings. I marvel at these buildings. I have great respect for the people that built all these different places where we can go and worship. And I respect the fact that others have different ways of making their religions. I might feel that if you go and stand in the Vatican and look at the board and you can see quite clearly there's a line that runs from St. Peter all the way down to Francis, the, the, the Pope of today, then it gives me the ability to respect a bit more the origins of our religion. But I still respect other religions until I see things like a lack of respect for the women. Now, you know, it can't, it can't be a blanket statement because there must be people in other religions that do respect women. But I do suspect that there are religions uh, that are trying to outbreed the Christian faith, which is still the major faith, which brings me back to my respect for women and why I now feel more and more strongly about it. Uh, right, over to you before we hit the politicians. So uh, mm. anything that I've said that um, resonates with you? Well, you and I both come from a different um, religious path, Um I went to a Catholic college, as you know, um, and uh, but I've never been a Catholic. I've been a I've followed Methodism. I followed the Church of England and I followed uh, the Baptist Church. Um, and where we, we have set masses, if you because I, I can't remember what they call in, in our churches, but we have set uh, procedures to run through but i used to go regularly to the church the, the catholic church on site at st mary's and i was apart from a little bit of the sermon which wasn't always a sermon in fact that it wasn't necessarily always a sermon it was it was mass and apart from that that it was ex almost exactly the same given three introductory prayers and or, you know one, one of three or or and and the, the finishing was always the same and it, it was really quite all the same in the catholic church and there's good and bad in that there's good because you know what you're going to say and how you're going to say it and how you're going to feel about it and the bad thing is that for people who are going you, you know, people are people. You need to have something to... Not everybody has your faith, uh, I'm afraid, uh, Vince. And that's the truth of it. Not everybody feels exactly the same like you do. And you've... But you've got to... Nowadays, I'm sorry to say that even in church, people need to be entertained within the confines of their religion and, and their belief. Because it's... We live in an entertainment world to a degree, and we can't deny that. So you must adjust to it. And I know this new guy's, or he's not, he's not a new guy now, but I know, I know there are, are moves being made within the Catholic, uh, Catholic Church that to change things. The problem was with the other ones; they changed too much. They just kept on changing to suit whatever the the minister thought was going to be. The right thing to do we had i went from happy clappy to to uh um fire and brimstone to uh, but it was all on the individual so they didn't they had a they had uh communion that's what it's called we had communion but it wasn't in the same same way as as i see devoted catholics going to church and following the same procedures over and over again that's a devotion that is very different to to all of the other churches. Well, and uh, I, I, I think it's it, I, I do think it's really good. I do think it's really good. And it shows the utmost respect for your particular faith, which I 
Well, you can't deny. You cannot deny that. I think the biggest mistake the Catholic Church made was to change from the Latin Mass. I think if we were still doing that, I think there were numbers of reasons why I say that. You know, I'm in Spain. I am getting most of the, the Mass because I learned Latin, but it still is in Spanish. So when it comes to the homily, I don't maybe get everything that's being said. But if you went everywhere, the word Catholic, of course, with a small c, is universal. And the whole point really is that it didn't matter where I went. I was in France. I'd go to the uh, the Catholic Mass in France. Anywhere else, anywhere I've gone in the world, I've tried to go to the Mass. Learn from my dad, despite the fact that I went away from the Mass for a number of years. I do feel that the problem really is uh, the the biggest stumbling block, block to all everything I've ever learned has always been the sixth and the ninth commandments. It's everything to do with sex. This is the key to life. Don't forget, without sex, we don't have life. And the, the thing is, you can make as much um, drama and effect and everything else that you want about this. But the solemnity of going to quiet reflection is what I totally, utterly believe is now the antidote to the nonsense that we hear everywhere else in society. And I think the trouble really is that not enough people really value, if you think about it, it's close to meditation. There are people that obviously think about meditation. You have quietness in a yoga class. You have quietness in a judo class class apart from the grunting and the sweating and you know the other things that go on the normal things the the occasional passage of wind Uh, but you know um the, the whole point for me is that it's quiet reflection the more that i get into this the older i am the more i realize that for example if i go to uh, a, a really loud rock and roll session and you know the blues and everything which i love I then reflect on the words that are being used and I see the correlation between the blues that I want to sing because it's great music and the words that really are against what I believe in, which is very, very difficult at times. You know, when you get a bit carried away, um, you can sing your heart's content. But really, when you're singing about sexuality and sexual things and you see the amount of uh, temptation going out over YouTube and all these other social platforms and uh, twerking and all the things that really have become synonymous with today's, I mean, you know, we've heard Sodom and Gomorrah in the past. The one thing I do like is to sit quietly and listen for the guidance that uh, the priest uh, nine times out of ten delivers. I never hear anything violent Nothing ever is spoken in the pulpit in any of the churches I've ever been apart from. One time when I had to go and have a word with a a priest regarding he'd knocked another faith, um, and it turns out that he was a hardline Jesuit. But for me, it's the antidote to everything that's going on around me. And I do believe that, uh, you know, you, you can't be totally right or totally wrong, But to go near those two commandments and have guidance is certainly something that is very, very difficult for everybody. I understand totally. And if you've never had the guidance and you think that you can come along, as unfortunately a lot of these illegal immigrants seem to think, which is what we get the message all the time in the press, um, that they can come in and abuse women. It's the back to the sanctity and the respect of motherhood, of sexual behavior of all these other things which took me ages to really understand properly it's the respect that sex is not just about enjoyment it's about procreation by all means you've got to enjoy as well but you have to respect if you just go straight in and do the sort of things that you see on youtube and unfortunately on mainstream television on the soaps you see in the soaps if you look for it it's utterly depravity and indoctrination i don't i really don't know how they can stop it unless they bring all these producers to task 
and start looking at the programme makers, but they won't do that. Start looking at the people that make the songs. Look at the words to the songs. That's how I judge an artist. Woof, gone all over the show with that one. Um, Matt, your thoughts? Well, I think the trouble is, with respect, uh, with respect, um, <laughs> you, you, it's very, very difficult to to actually um, to do anything without respect. You know, it really is very, very difficult for me and sound and and for you. But I agree with you in terms of the 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 youth of today and the. I don't believe there is any respect. I don't believe they know what respect is. And like you and I got it from our parents, I think that's where the fault lies, is that today's parents do not teach respect. They basically try to keep their their hands on the the handle or, or whatever, just to keep them in food. I think there's some fantastic parents. I mean, I look so often, um, you can be in company with young mothers and young fathers, and there are some wonderful, wonderful young parents about. I've got to say, you know... know, I'm not saying everybody's uh, everybody's wrong or bad, but uh, I just think that it's... uh... But if you're fed a diet, you see, through the social media platforms of sex is great, you know, and you can do what you like, and certainly uh, uh, it's almost like abuse women, and they don't seem to even have enough sanctity to respect what, what other women are telling you, You, we, we are not being respected. I mean, the very fact that certain people are trying to uh, foster a movement where they take away the name even mother. They're trying to actually write it in the NHS in Britain. Parenting, you know, um, rather than um, mothering. Like, take away Mothering Sunday. The, The status of the word mother and the respect that younger people should have for what I outlined earlier on. Your mother has given birth to you. Your mother has actually risked her life to bring you birth, and yet you go and treat another girl or another young lady or whatever with absolute disrespect um, as if it's some sort of plaything. And that's the fault of education, and it's the fault of many, many teachers who obviously do not have any respect for themselves and what the, the teaching profession stands for, which is to guide children in the right particular way. Uh, and, of course, we've already outlined, as you have, about the parents. Um, Matt, sport's got a big part to play in this. And well, you, you know... Re- you would have you've done sport you've done judo played a bit of rugby you know as well as i do from my my side of the t- table rugby rugby is is a game where there was only respect there was a respect after the game for the other players a great respect win or lose um and of course there was the respect of the referee or the linesman and that was sacrosanct. You could not argue. If you even suggested, other than the captain, um, so I even asked a question to the referee, you were given 10 yards back and that was the decision that was made. And if you asked again, you get another 10 yards. And so you didn't do it. Discipline. It was discipline and rules. And that's where it's all got. If you look, if you look back, going slightly different from sport, but if, if you if you look back to the beginning of the century, this century, not not thousands of years ago, women had so little respect anywhere, anywhere. I can actually see why the world's gone a little bit crazy in terms of women uh, and what they want and what they can do and what they can't do. Yes, there are some, like like there are some men that stay at home and look after the kids because the wife, A, earns more money or the wife does, doesn't want to be a mother because that actually 
does happen as well. There should be a choice with that. As long as there is a parent to look after them, then that, that's okay in my books. So I don't, I don't believe it's, uh, it's just for the woman. Um, but, you know, it's not long ago, a hundred years ago, women had no respect at all. It didn't matter what they did. They could have jumped through hoops of fire, do whatever. And so they, there was a lot of depression for women um, who were just stuck in, in quite, quite often really poor conditions. And as we've, evo as we've evolved and become richer, I use that word very loosely, richer, um, we... We've, uh, it's not money, it's, it, although it's a striving for money uh, that causes the breakdown in the family, I think, because both parents are out of work now, kids, kids are on their trust, and I, like you, I'm, I'm not saying that every kid uh, is a hooligan and goes out and does whatever they do, because some are, I know, are studious and well-behaved and, and uh, respect elders and all the things we were taught when you... Uh, when we were growing up, but the, I don't think there's that, that that many. I really don't think that's many. I see them. I mean, I live near Benidorm, as you know, and we were in for the fancy dress the other week, an infamous fancy dress that's held once a year. I'm sorry, there were kids of eight, nine, ten, smoking, going round, the girls going round in the shortest belts that I've ever seen, not skirts, the belts, with everything hanging out, and I did stop, and I, you know, I was there to enjoy myself. But sometimes you just see things, and you you just wonder, what does your parent know that you've come out looking like a woman of the of of the night? Because that's what some of them actually look like now. I mean, it's really sad to say, but that's what there were. There were men in uh, thongs, like um, uh, I've forgotten his name. The that Borat was is wearing, and they were, they was they were mesh ones. They weren't even solid ones. It it gets worse every year. It won't be long before someone comes through it naked. Look, I don't go to the the fiestas anymore. Uh, not that particular one, uh, because. I don't want to upset people in the respect of I disagree totally with what they're doing. Uh, look, out of the thousands that were there, there will probably be no more than about 10%, possibly 20%, who are exhibitionists and the others are going because they don't see the dangers in it. For me, the whole thing really is very, very sad that uh, people are not realising what we're doing, you know. But then again, you see your Mary Whitehouses, your people who um, have tried to change things have been ridiculed. So maybe there are, maybe it's time to start exploring other ways to bring ideas to the table because whether we like it or not, I do feel that there is good and evil. I remember speaking with Emil Ford eloquently telling me um, the great hit maker, he used to sit for hours telling me his beliefs about the power of evil and the power of good. And I used to listen to him. Uh, he was a black man. So nobody please tell me about uh, respect for racial equality. I, he, I Once somebody shows me the same respect, I certainly respect uh, just about anybody that I will ever talk to. But I do think that we are being led we're being led down the the path we we do know that the 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 cities of Sodom and Gomorrah um, were given as examples as to what can happen i think we're seeing all sorts of wicked things and horrible things that uh, i just wish people could see there is a connection um i do join join up the dots i do think that even the var thing uh, is there to try and rile people and get people thinking that um y you know uh, one thing that we see with our own eyes can be contradicted by somebody sitting in a room away from everybody else um, saying that we're seeing something totally different. So I think there's a modicum of um, great planning as to how we demoralise people and how we demoralise good people. Because I still think, on balance, 
I would say I meet more nicer people in my life than not nice people. And I think you'd probably feel the same. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I most, I most definitely do. Um, you know, I, I, I think my whole world is built about, about, about respect. Uh, so really, I think, um, I think, uh, if I if I didn't I if I hadn't have had respect in my life, which did come from my parents primarily, and the and the the church as a second uh, sort of hand on your shoulder, um, then I think I would have grown up a completely different man. Well, I, I'm so, I'm I'm absolutely uh, convinced you're right because um, I can remember I think it was. Um, Probably my dad used to say to me, uh, remember to be nice to everybody when you go out. Uh, because quite frankly, when you uh, are in your older years and you're losing your power and you're losing your uh, looks, etc., etc., um, other people will be then remembering the way that you treated them as they were growing up. So I make it my business to say hello to people who might be sleeping, uh, sweeping the streets. I make it my business to, uh, if I if I feel that I can, I can do it appropriately, thank them for 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 what they might see as a thankless task. I'll say, wow, that looks really nice. Thank you very much indeed for the work that you're doing. I I thank the people at the tills when I go for my food because I feel uh, very often, you know, uh, I just I, I, it comes back to you tenfold when you're nice to people who basically maybe are not getting the the majority of people bothering to even pass the nice pleasantries of day with them. You know, I do feel really, really uh, strongly about these things. I think the more that you spend more time giving respect to people, um, once you know that they deserve it, I think it comes back to you tenfold. They remember you and they'll do Absolutely, nice things for you. Absolutely. But that, that respect comes with politeness. It comes along with with uh, a, you know certain verbs that you you use and uh, and I think sometimes you c can't you you have to go hand in hand with uh, with some of these these uh, words because uh, you know respect is a massive subject isn't it let's be honest it's a huge topic and uh, if you added disrespect onto the end of it then you've got another huge topic as well um but I think if you if you don't have respect, I don't know what you have really. I mean, you have disrespect, but you you've got to have be respectful. You've got to say. My parents were always always on at me. You have to say please and thank you. Now, here in Spain, it's very rarely very rare to find a Spaniard. Um. Uh, a Spaniard who will say please and thank you because it's not the way they speak. So I used to get really upset about it. And, and Becky's always saying to me, listen, they don't do that here. That's not the way colloquial Spanish is spoken. And let's be honest, most of the time we speak, but it's still very difficult for me to get over I don't because it was ingrained into me. I, I'm, I, I still use please and thank you and you know um i i don't worry because i know how polite it can be i've got to finish with we've got about say f six minutes left i've got to say that we're living through a period of what we call woke which is you're supposed <laughs> yeah well you're supposed to show respect for other people but i am I am. That's my respect. <laughs> but the thing is, you see, it's like I think there's a confusion with the woke brigade <laughs> that you demand respect. You don't demand respect. If I see somebody coming towards me who's dressed differently and we're not too sure whether it's a boy or a girl, I don't immediately disrespect them. But when they deliberately don't give a monkeys about maybe uh, disrespecting the way that we will react because they've got pins and tattoos and things which they have had to put 
onto themselves. They haven't just appeared. They know what they've been doing. Um, those... I thought the Virgin Mary had come down and done it on them. <laughs> well, look, I, <laughs> I, I, I think these are the these are the things where you have to show respect for people, even down to when I'm going to put a T-shirt on in the morning, I think about who am I likely to affect or who do I not want to offend. So I've got a, a great selection of Liverpool shirts. I don't want to get into in, in, involved in, you know, silly nonsense with other teams. So if I know I'm going to be with a lot of people from other teams, I don't wear my Liverpool shirt. I see people coming with FC UK shirts. I once remember going into the shop in Guadalest and saying to the lady, you do realise what that really is all about, don't you? And the lady yeah. was astonished. She had no no knowledge that really it was some clever person trying to use the F-U-C-K word and confuse people and so that people walk around with what can be quite an offensive T-shirts. And there's numbers of T-shirts which are offensive, aggressive, and I think these are the sorts of things, respecting people's traditions, respecting uh, people as a general thing, speaking to people with humility because you respect the fact that they have a, they need to speak and give us their ideas as well. All these things, I think, are um, the way that's at the moment trying to look at uh, authority. Authority by all means, you can see sometimes the need for authority, so you will give the respect that's due in that particular case. But when authority is demanding respect, and we see this quite often in politics, um, which, of course, we can look at in the next of our podcast, maybe, um, it, it you've got to realise, or we all have to realise, that there is a time that we must respect and there's another time when we, we must respect ourselves and our values and the things that we know are right because we've based our lives, our education and years of experience on making that comprehension between what people are trying to disrespect and what we know deserves respect. And for me, the one cornerstone of our talk today is the sanctity of mother and motherhood. It's a female, it's the gender that I believe deserves our respect. Over to you, Matt. You've got uh, the best part of two and a half minutes to finish this up. OK, well, I, I obviously will not disagree with you regarding the, the mother. My, my mother wasn't a saint and she, she was not shy of delivering Cap, uh, court, I was going to say capital punishment, corporal punishment. Um, and never once did I disrespect her. Never once. I'll tell you a very quick story because I've got two minutes. When I was a child, my mother used to suck Victory V lozenges. Do you remember those? In I those, certainly do. They, oh, they, they tasted like cardboard or when you put them in your mouth, they, they took all the saliva out. <laughs> it was gone. And, uh, the uh, my my mother used to have we, we we were taught never to go in her handbag and we didn't it, it, you know i think both of us my brother and i made one mistake of doing it anyway she swore blind that somebody had taken one of these lozenges now i don't know how how she knew because when she pulled them out of her bag there were there were loads in there. So unless she counted every single one of them, but she was adamant that some of them had been in her bag and taken a Victory V lozenger. Well, that caused so much furore within the household. But at the end of the day, whatever happened, she was still our mother and she was still right, even though I know she was wrong. Uh, but you you made excuses for your mum your mum is the most for me your, your mum is the most important person in your life I feel sad today that there's so many kids that don't see their mum like that and that's true because they're not there absolutely right um, I'll finish by telling you that one of the most sort of times that Anne and I see things differently is when she tells me to get something out of her handbag 
and I still don't like going in her handbag. I think it's sacrosanct. It's her property. Yeah. I hate going in her handbag. I, Matt, I won't go into Becky's. <laughs> I, I give her. I'll go and get her bag and give her a bag, but there's no way I'd go in it. <laughs> okay, Matt. Well, we've looked at respect. I think it's been a very healthy topic. Uh, it's clarified and made me feel even more strongly about the sanctity of the word mother. Um, Matt, have a great day. Have a great week. Look forward to next one. Wonderful, Vince. You too. Love to Anne, and uh, we'll speak very shortly. And obviously, love to Becky. <laughs> <laughs> 